Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Uh, Nicole Harris is on the phone, co-founder of Health. Nicole, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. So happy to be here with you and your listeners. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Hey, listen, um, now, you, I, I, I remember, of course I do. I told you this by email, but you made <laughs> a, a comment in an email to me saying that I was instrumental in your broadcasting career, which I think is overstating things a little bit. Um, oh, but Hal, that was, you I gave was, me I was, my very first TV job. You were very instrumental. Yes. Thanks. You think so, eh? Well, I know so. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, hey, you, you were you good, were and, and I thought you deserved the opportunity. So, but that, how, you okay. know how long ago that is, though, Nicole, right? You realize, like, we're getting up there. Yoda years. <laughs> many, <laughs> Yoda many years. years. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you've gone on to have a great career in broadcasting and now in marketing and doing all kinds of wonderful things. You're the co-founder of Magnified.Health, and this is another great resource for people as we deal with COVID-19. Tell us about it. I'd love to help. Yes, thank you. So um, me and my two other co-founders at Magnifying.Health, we created a digital, it's a digital health and wellness engagement platform. And we instantly match people to the health and wellness solutions that they're searching for. We connect them instantly with health and wellness professionals, uh, much like your body logic would be one of them in there. Health and wellness professionals, service providers, and suppliers, it's all in one secure place, and we're really your hub for health. And I'm sure that hub, this COVID-19 hub at magnifying.health, has seen a lot of activity over the past little while. Wow, yeah, it has. You know, we were actually, with magnifying.health, we were actually onboarding professionals. Um, and we were actually almost all, almost ready to open our doors to the public when COVID hit. And so we noticed something really interesting happening in the market at a marketplace at the time, and that was that there was so much misinformation out there about COVID-19, and it was not helpful, and in a lot of ways it was very hurtful. So me and my team of professionals at Magnifying.Health, we we really took it upon ourselves to take the lead, and we said because we're a well-established health and wellness company, um, we could, and we did, we voluntarily worked for four weeks straight hell, uh, 14-hour days, and we built a real-time, credible, accurate, it's all the news you can use in one hub for everything that's COVID-19 related. And so all you have to do is go to magnifying.health, you'll see a beautiful bright pink magnifying COVID-19 button at the top corner on our magnifying.health site. You click on that and that opens you up to a whole world of everything that's credible, up-to-date, accurate. It's your trusted news source uh, for COVID-19 health and wellness information and it's updated every 10 minutes. All right, so I hope people will do that. Let me ask you a, a, a question about the industry that you're in, Nicole. I think with this pandemic and everybody at home, uh, tools like yours are going to become even more important as we go along, and we may even see a shift. Do you agree? Yeah, I do, Hal. I think that we're already seeing it, and I think the future of healthcare is going to really be empowered. Um, you know, I like to call it tech for good, tech with purpose, and we're seeing telehealth 
for instance, is having its day mm-hmm. um, right now. You know, personally for me, um, not being able to see a physiotherapist, um, I've been doing that through telehealth online with my physiotherapist. It's been an amazing resource. Um, and, and platforms like magnifying.health too, um, they're going to allow people to take greater control of their health because there is nothing more vital than health. I'm sure you can and your listeners can all agree with that too. You know, you can go to work, you can make more wealth, but you just can't make more health. And so when people go to magnifying.health and that COVID site, it's going to give them um, real-time news that they're going to use in their everyday life. For instance, I was just on it watching the provincial health um, press conference. We've got that carried live every day. You can watch Prime Minister Trudeau's news briefings. There's screening tools on there for you and your family to use. And and things like great things right now, like the mental health resources. Um, this is such an uncertain time for so many people out there. And to have positive mental health Health is especially more important than ever. There's the province's online therapy program there. We have domestic violence support lines listed there that you can see. And it's broken down province by province nationally. And then we even have a local to global hub in there. And you're also going to see our wonderful knowledge panel of health and wellness professionals. Um, I know you've interviewed Dr. Raymond Abdul-Rahman, um, a very renowned Canadian psychiatrist, and his clinical team. He's one of our magnifying community um, knowledge health, health and wellness professionals, and he provides content every day. You know, he had a great piece on there about if you have a child and they're experiencing COVID, um, it's hard for adults to process what's going on right now with the social distancing and social isolation and in some ways being very fragmented and disconnected he's got a great piece on there on how you can talk to your children about that and if you're working from home it's all a virtual world now so how do we stay fit and healthy and Jeff Wood one of our Magna friends you know he's come in from Sport Manitoba he's posting great videos every day that you can go on there and and, you know do a 10 minute booty workout or whatever you gotta do to keep in shape Um, yeah Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, a booty workout is going to be more than 10 minutes for me. But I, I get what you're saying. There's lots of great information there, Nicole. And listen, there are many great sites right now. There's all kinds of great resources, and yours is one of them. And uh, I wanted to give you the opportunity to, to let people know about it. But thanks, Nicole. It was nice uh, visiting with you again. We'll chat soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate that very much. All right. So, uh, Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes, you hear him every morning here on CGOB, does the news for the start, MacLink, McGarry, and McNabb. Uh, McGarry, Brett McGarry, and Jeff Braun, the two couch potatoes every weekend here on CGOB, Saturdays at noon, Sunday evenings at 6, and of course, they've got the podcast as well, the couch potatoes, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find it at CJOB.com as well, usually on Thursdays or Fridays, certainly before they're on CGOB. Uh, on the weekend, and I wanted to get Jeff on today to talk about a few things, and uh, because he's up so early in the morning, I taped a conversation with him at about uh, 10.30 this morning. Here it is. Hello, Hal Anderson. How are you, Couch Potato? So far, so good. I'm actually literally sitting on my couch right now as we talk. (laughs) Very good. And what have you been watching? 
Um, you know what? I ordered the box set, the complete series, all 11 seasons of Cheers. Oh, right. Last time we talked, you were waiting for that. Yeah, it came a week ago, and I've burned through one and a half seasons so far. Wow. Yeah, and it's, it's, so it's been that, a lot of that. Uh, Survivor, of course, is on. I've been mm-hmm. watching that religiously every Wednesday night. And then old favorite movies, whatever pops up. So I go searching around in the cable sometimes looking for a, a movie I saw 20 years ago I haven't seen in a while. It's kind of just fun stuff like that. Well, I wanted to have you on today because there's kind of a special episode of Parks and Rec tonight. Yeah, and that was one of my favorite shows. When I heard about this last week, I was like, are they serious? Because... I couldn't believe it. Usually I don't go in for reunion-type shows, but they've banded together to do just a one-off tonight. It's a special. They're raising money for uh, help, uh, I think, homeless people in the United States mm-hmm. through the pandemic. And it's again, it's going to be, I, I gather the format is sort of going to be like a, a big Zoom meeting with a bunch of them. Right. Because they're all, the actors are all stuck in their homes, but they're, they, the guy who made the show wrote a script and they're in. Yeah, I never got into that show. It's really funny. I, I would you got time now, man. i, I got the DVDs yeah. that could courier them <laughs> over to you somehow. But. Yes, well, maybe we'll talk about that <laughs> off air. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, I am watching on Netflix right now, and Jackie and I are really enjoying it. Money Heist on the recommendation of the other coach potato, Brett McGarry. Are you watching that one? I have not started watching that one. I've, I've got too many other loose ends of other things I want to finish up first before I start another thing. Mm-hmm. And frankly, the Cheers thing is just going to suck up a lot. Well, sure. Yeah, it's good. Money Heist on yeah. Netflix if you're looking for something. Hey, a couple other things. We'll get to the Oscars in a moment because there have been some rule changes there because of the pandemic. But I see that Trolls World Tour, in its first 19 days on demand at 20 bucks a pop, took in $95 million in rental fees in the first 19 days. And in the first 19 days of the original Trolls movie... It took in 121 million, so not that far behind. And my question is, Jeff Braun, Mr. Couch Potato, will we see Hollywood do more on-demand rentals like this, based on numbers like that? I think we will, because the, it's a Universal movie, and the guy that runs Universal even said this week, going forward, they will put out movies both in theaters, but some they will put out exclusively online like that. And I would almost guarantee you, it's going to be the the family films, because that's one of the great barriers from going to the theater, is how much it costs to take. Like it costs a hundred dollars to take a family yeah. over to the theater for. So if they can get it for twenty bucks at home and make their own popcorn, that's a guaranteed winner. And that set off a bit of a firestorm. A big theater chain in the U.S. Uh, fought back and said, "If you do that, Universal, we won't play any of your movies." Hmm. So I don't really see see that actually coming to fruition. But they are definitely that is on the radar of everybody that's uh, counting dollars and cents in Hollywood for sure. I'll believe it when I see it, but when I saw that number, $95 million compared to 121 now it's less, yes, but not as not as low as I thought it was going to be. No, and it's, and like, I, I never, I, I imagine when it, the first one came out, I heard about it, but I have no recollection of that movie. This is not like some huge Pixar franchise like Toy Story or something mm-hmm. like that. So for the sequel to even creep up that close to the original is pretty amazing. And to the Oscars now, they've changed some rules. Um, I think normally a movie would have to run in a Los Angeles theater for a period of time, and they've now weighed that, saying the Oscars uh, next year, 2021, are saying as long as it was intended, a movie was intended for theatrical release, 
it will qualify to win Oscars. What do you think of that? Uh, good news for trolls, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oscar. Right. But, yeah, that's that makes sense, because why not? Why penalize those movies, those people put all that work into it, just because of something that's just beyond their control like mm-hmm. that? So it's, it's, I wonder how much of an effect it'll actually have. I mean, Trolls would be obviously in the animated category, but most of the heavy dramas that compete for Best Picture don't come out until October, November, December anyways, and, right. and the theaters probably be back up and running. Hey, and then I got thinking about other possible rule changes at the Oscars. Would you like to hear a few that I thought of? I would. Nobody is ever allowed to bring up cats ever again. <laughs> hmm? Sure. New award. Best post-credit scene. Oh, that's not bad. Huh? Yep. Like, even now, Jackie will say, oh, we got to wait and see if there's a scene after the credits or in the credits. Well, no, they don't do that on all the movies, but she even expects it to be there all the time now. Um, here's another one. The makers of The Shape of Water must give back their Oscar or explain what the hell that was all about. <laughs> I like that movie. i got no problem with it. It was a pretty good movie. Uh, how about this one? All future winners to be decided by rock, paper, scissors. That's not bad. Huh? You could have the, there'd be much less arguing about who won what. You could just say, oh, that makes sense. They played, sure. They played the rock. And one more. Best documentary short subject to be officially renamed Who Gives a Rat's Ass. Sounds about right. <laughs> Jeff Braun, thank you for humoring me. You bet. Thanks, Al. Jeff Braun there, one of the uh, Couch Potatoes conversation I taped with him. Uh, this morning, and you can hear the Couch Potatoes, both of them, Jeff Braun and Brett McGarry, every Saturday at noon here on CJOB, every Sunday evening at 6, and, of course, the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll see it there, the Couch Potatoes, and it's also available Thursdays or Fridays at uh, CJOB.com. Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling, ConnexusCounseling.ca. Carolyn, hello. Hey, Hal, how are you? Excellent. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Yeah. Anything, uh, before we get into some of this stuff, anything new with you that you'd like to uh, uh, share with us as we all together, we're we're in this together, they say, we all deal with this uh, pandemic. Anything new with you since we talked? Well, the last couple of days I've given um, a workshop um, online to various organizations that I've put together and they've been figuring out how they want to support their teams and their staff um, as they're um, together but dispersed. Uh, And I put together this workshop called uh, COVID-19, Miscreant, Monster, and Magi, and um, looking at the different ways that um, COVID-19 is messing with our lives and what we can all do um, as we recognize its impact on mental health. And I've just been really gratified by the response that I've gotten and by the permission that people seem to value um, to just be able to find this hard uh, so often I think people are having judgment on themselves that I should be better at this, I should know what I'm doing, I should not be sleeping as much, I should not be eating, I should not be filling the blank, right, mm-hmm. um, as hard on my kids, and or and other people shouldn't be as hard on me as they are, and as we can find ways of saying, yes, this is, this is a stressful time, um, and how can I support myself and support the people around me, as we can just sort of name that and talk about it, that we create these spaces for people to relate more effectively with each other. And so with this online workshop that you put together, then what what are some of the big ones that people are dealing with? 
So one of the things we talk about is that um, COVID-19 is a miscreant, and a miscreant is somebody who behaves criminally or viciously, right? Like it itself is a killer, and it does a number on people. But in Manitoba, it's far more of a miscreant and more of this shadowy monster that has us all um, responding very much to it. And so it's the social distancing and all the things we need to do to avoid it that are actually creating the difficulty for us. And there's ways in which this um, COVID-19 acts as a, as, a, as a trauma to us because there's ways in which we are feeling like we need to do things to take care of ourselves and yet we're overriding that natural instinct that we want to go to the personal care home and hug somebody we care about or to mm-hmm. go get our hair cut or, you know, those sorts of things. And we're yeah. not letting ourselves do the things that feel right to do. And there's a way in which that is traumatizing. And we, and the danger is that we then judge ourselves for that's silly, that this is hard, this is no big deal. And yet it is a big deal. And so how can we name with somebody who cares up for us to say, this is what I'm finding hard today. This is what I wish I could do, and I can't do it. And when you name it, the impact of the trauma is different than if you just push it underground and pretend it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I think there's a new stress now. And I'll read an email from Sheila Hall at cgob.com. Sheila says, Hal, I don't understand how we go from being two to three weeks behind other provinces to opening stores and businesses now on Monday. How did we jump from, say, two meters away to having a massage or a haircut for an hour with a stranger um, right up against us? I'm confused and concerned. I will continue to be social distancing, staying here at home. Again, that's from Sheila. And I'm hearing from people that are excited that some businesses are opening up and, and things are loose, restrictions are loosening on Monday. And then the other end of the spectrum is people going, whoa, this is way too soon. I'm staying home. I put too much into this for the safety of myself and others. And so now that's an added stress. Do you go out? Do you stay home? I want to go and support a business that's back open again, but I should stay home. You know what I mean, Carolyn? Absolutely. And I think it's a whole other level of vulnerability, right? We, Although being hunkered down in our homes, it's really safe. And now as they're saying we're ready to start opening up, it's hard for people to trust. How come it's not okay this week? It's okay next week. It, and some people aren't going to trust it. Um, I know I've been talking with people um, in my office. People are are nervous about we've already trained our bodies to avoid each other and to have social distance. Sometimes I find myself when I'm watching TV and I'm watching a cop show and I'm like, man, those guys are standing really close together. That's not good, right? Like I I just I have it embedded in me that we should be social distancing and to, to start reversing that is going to feel uncertain and it's going to feel difficult. And some of us aren't going to trust it. You know, it's funny you say that about movies. Uh, I had the same thought because Netflix, I think it's Netflix, is coming out with a show about social distancing. And you know how when you watch that old movie from 20 years ago on TV and they've got either there is no cell phone or they've got the big block cell phone, right? And right away you go, oh, that's an ancient movie. I wonder if we'll do the same thing as we look back on on things many years from now when we look back at, at a movie from 2020 and go, oh, yeah, right, that's when social distancing was a big deal. Or will social distancing still be a thing in 20 years? It'll be interesting to see. It will be very interesting to see. I think we're realizing now as 
things can start opening up a little bit next week, that we're not going back to the way it was. We're going to yet enter yet again another new normal and have to get adjusted to that. Yesterday, I, when I heard hair appointments were possible, I got my, my uh, time in as quick as I could. And I, when I got the, you know, made the appointment, he said, and you'll have to stay in your car. Um, we'll open the door and we'll beckon you when it's your turn to come in, but you won't be waiting in the place. And make sure you wear your mask. That's required. And so there's a sense of, oh, I get my roots taken care of in a way that I have been walking, but it's not going to be in the way that's familiar. It's going to feel strange. <laughs> and we're going to have to get, ha- have to figure that out, right? Like that's going to feel weird. Um, and I think we were kind of hoping to go back to the old, and there is no old. We're going back to it and be different. Joining us on the uh, phone here, friend of mine, Dr. Alan Grant from Kildonan Place Dental Center. Al, good afternoon. Hi, Al. How are you? Excellent. How's Maggie? Oh, Maggie's doing great. She says she sends her best and, and her love as well. Yes. Well, make sure you give it back to her for me. <laughs> hey, um, I wanted to have you on yesterday, and you weren't available, but I'm glad you're making some time for us here today, because one of the things uh, that is uh, happening on Monday is dentists can get back to work. Uh, but that isn't necessarily what's going to happen on Monday. What about your practice, uh, Kildon Employees Dental Center? Well, it's it's bittersweet. It's really we're I'm really happy to be kind of getting ready to open, but um, I'm 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 kind of not quite there yet because of uh, lack of you know pro, uh, protective equipment and just functional changes that we will have to do to the office to make it uh, safe for both the staff and for for patients. So that's that's kind of where we're at right now. We had a meeting today and we're just discussing the new protocols and. And the MDA has been fantastic. And Mark Mollo, I heard you had on yesterday. He was, you know, right. he's been working really hard. And and um, I'm, you know, I'm happy that the the, the premier is opening us up. But I, I I think we I'm hoping it's not too soon. I mean, it could just because we don't have the support for for PPEs just yet. Yeah, and that's understandable. And and so that's not just you. That would be. Uh, anybody uh, doing the kind of stuff that you do as a dentist requiring the PPE? Yeah, that's that's what's making it very difficult. And so, like, I'm a I'm a big I, I like you, you probably heard of the Mantu test for tuberculosis. I don't know if you've heard of that, but uh, it, it's a way to be able to test people to see if they've been exposed to tuberculosis. We we need something like that, I think, and and I really hope they put some effort into uh, establishing a. A, a way for us to test that we can kind of, you know, we can kind of triage patients as high risk, low risk, and uh, and then do different things on different days to to handle those those specific groups, you know. And but right now we're kind of going in blind because we don't know if patients have, you know, have been exposed or or you know they're they're, they're carriers that are asymptomatic. So it's 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 mm-hmm. a very it's going to be a very stressful time. Yeah, and interesting, during the Provincial COVID-19 News Conference earlier, a reporter asked Dr. Brent Rusin about uh, dentistry, and in Saskatchewan, they're not allowing drilling. Yet here, that's not being discussed, and Dr. Rusin said, well, uh, we're not giving a directive to these uh, various professions uh, we're letting them as an organization, uh, and you mentioned your president as an organization, uh, to, to figure that stuff out. But I think a lot of people have that same worry. I don't think it's a concern, but m- maybe it's a concern. You tell me, but a worry that if we do this, we got to make sure we, we do it right and, and don't take any chances after all that we've been through. 
Exactly. Well, I think we all take this very seriously because I certainly don't want to, my staff to get sick or, or anybody because then it's another 14 days of quarantine and it could shut us down again. So so we, we are taking this really serious. And, and that's why I don't know if I'll be uh, fully operational for maybe even another month, but we, we will still do like emergency uh, treatments and those kind of things. But, but yeah, drilling creates aerosols, which could potentially transmit the disease. So so we're kind of we're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, really. It's it's kind of a it's, we want to be open, but we you know we we're quite not ready yet, you know. So that's yeah. kind of. And I know you've situation. been there uh, for your patients, uh, people that were existing patients. You've been there for them through this on an emergency basis, and as you just mentioned, you you'll continue to be that, I guess. Yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to ramp it up a little bit. We're going to do like um, you know certain types of extraction, certain types of uh, of small procedures where we're not generating a lot of aerosol. We're also triaging our patients, right? We 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 take tests. We ask them if they've been traveling. We we take their temperature to make sure they're not sick. But again, we we you know there there can be patients that are symptomatic, but they don't uh, you know they uh, they're, they're asympt they're asymptomatic, but they have the the disease. So we have to kind of be very cautious in how we treat them so we need we need those ppes so that's I, that's the biggest thing i need is we need to, to we guarantee our supply chain of, of these protective devices while we're while we're in this transition period and, and that's kind of the hard thing right now mm-hmm. uh cam jump on here uh my uh, producer cam poitras back at cgob we took a call during the break there from a woman asking a question what, what was she asking cam well it was this uh this uh nice uh lady uh, i think she said she was 75 years old and she's looking for a, a compassion she apparently she had a trauma 60 years ago and and she says when i when i go back in the dentist chair i turn back into a two-year-old and she's very nervous and um and she was wondering if, if you were the guy that that uh, that that she should be uh going towards so well, and I'll just what say we... this about Dr. Alan Grant. But Alan, I'll let you weigh in, but I'll just say this. My mother-in-law loves Dr. Alan Grant. He is fantastic, and everybody at his practice is amazing. So if you're listening, hopefully you're still listening. If you're going to go see a dentist, go see Dr. Alan Grant. Maybe not yet, uh, but when things get back to, uh, to normal, Alan's a, a great dentist, that's for sure. Well, thank you for the kind words, Hal. Really appreciate that. And your your mother in law is a wonderful lady. We just we just love Taffy, so yeah. And we try to take yeah. good care of her. But but yeah, we 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 like we we have been taking some new patients and stuff, and, that, and we're still doing that. But it, it we are trying to take care of our existing patients as as per the guidelines sure. in the in the Manitoba Dental Association. But but we're 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 getting there. We're getting there. And and I you know I. I we're we're lucky. Our, our our you know Dr. Brent Rusin, our, our 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 chief public health officer, has done a great job in flattening mm-hmm. the curve, and and Pallister has done a really wonderful thing. You know, and I think I think it's you know we are even Trudeau. I I, I you know rent subsidies and wages and stuff. We've been yep. really fortunate to to be where we are, and I mean you know it's we're cautiously optimistic and. And, uh, you know, the Manitoba Dental Association has done a great job and of keeping us informed in what we need to do. And, and um, you know, we just got to ride the wave and just keep just being a bit more, just a bit more cautious, you know, and, and we're going to get through it, I think. Alan, thanks a lot for this. Appreciate it. I appreciate you too, Hal. Thank you so much. We love listening to you. Uh, we'll be back advertising as soon as we, uh, we're we making some money again. That's yeah, right. To know exactly. Well, and I'll be glad to voice those commercials because, you know, I think a lot of you, and of course, I love Maggie. So, Alan, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Much. Thank you so much, Hal. And hopefully we'll see you soon.
Yeah, you bet, pal. Uh, Dr. Alan Grant, Killed Don't Place Dental Center. He really is a great guy, and his wife Maggie is fantastic. I know I, I talk a lot about them, but they're just wonderful, wonderful people. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.